0: Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study. Uh, this is part two for November 7th, 2010. And next article is regarding this new speed camera that they're testing out. And this is in the UK. It says, even the most law-abiding driver might feel a shiver down the spine when spotting this speed camera at the roadside. They, they give you a picture here of It doesn't look like a normal speed camera. It's got all these extra bells and whistles on it. For as well as detecting speeding, this packed with gizmos that check number plates to making sure the insurance and taxes on your vehicle are up to date. It also measures the distance between vehicles to spot tailgating and takes pictures of the inside of your car to make sure you're wearing a seatbelt. The latest weapon in speed camera technology can capture footage from 150 feet away and is, is used to first detect multiple offenses at the same time and is connected to police computers via satellite so that the prosecutions can be started within seconds of any offense. This is how sickening things are actually becoming. you know. And this is uh, the development of the system known as ASSET, which stands for Advanced Safety and Driver Support for Essential Road Transport, is being funded with around 700 million uh, euros of European money. I talked to a guy the other day that um, owns a, one of the cell, food, or cell phone stores, and he said that he got pulled over the other day. He had his seatbelt on, but he went through the drive-thru, and while he went through the drive-thru, he just pulled the, this belt down under his arm. And he said as soon as he pulled out of the drive-thru, a cop pulled him over. And I don't even think he was out on the road. And the cop said he fin- gave him a $150 ticket, For improper seatbelt, whatever, wearing. Improper seatbelt wearing. He had a seatbelt on, but that wasn't good enough. This is why it's good to have tinted windows. I mean, just as a side note there. But just understand now, all you have to do is is have your seatbelt under your arm now. And you can get nailed for a $150 ticket and be in court or whatever. It's that bad. Well, they've got to make their quotas. Now, in this video that we were just playing from the NIA, they were they, they have a whole section on that, how the police have to have their quotas, and they they, they go into this, this meeting that I don't know if they know is being recorded, and the guy's saying, listen, I want you to have five uh, tickets for this offense, five tickets for this offense, and five tickets for this offense. These are your quotas. you got to meet them by Friday, and anything on Saturday or Sunday is gravy. That's what he says, essentially. And, you know, it's not about, it's just about making quotas. It's about making money for Big Brother. And control and micromanaging of every little tiny part of your life. And, um, so I'm just telling you this so you kind of know what you're up against, that type of thing. Next article is regarding his new Apple, uh, I believe iPhones here. While observers have hailed the concept as a way for Apple to open up the market for phone services to increase competition, a larger aspect of the reported Gamalto-Apple partnership is likely to involve near-field communications, which is a technology that enables a user to authenticate themselves with electronic terminals in order to make retail purchases. Obtain tickets... And perform other transactions using RFID, radio frequency identifier, radio um, that particular technology. So honestly, I'm looking at these Apple iPhones and these smartphones as really the forerunner to, in some ways, the mark of the beast. Because these phones are becoming so technologically advanced that you're going to be able to literally, they're going to have RFID, they already do, where you're going to actually be able to go through... Kiosks, or or whatever cashier, or whatever you're trying to do, and it's automatically going to be logging through your phone. And eventually, they're going to probably what they're going to say is, "Well, that technology can be lost. You have too much personal things that can be lost on the phone. So we're going to have to take this chip and put it either in your right hand or your forehead. You can't lose that. I think that's where we. It's what it is. Is it's being we're being acclimated." To the whole concept of having technology that totally runs our lives. I mean, the cars they're coming out with now, I mean, the, the advertisements I've seen on the internet for these cars, I mean, it's like you talk to the car and it does what you tell it to do. They can also shut those cars down at a moment's notice on the side of the road. If you're on one of the lists and things start to go down and all of a sudden your car, your brakes lock up or, or, or your car can't start. You know, you better know they're probably coming after you, because that's the way the cars are now, too. So, just bear that in mind. The more dependent you are on this technology, the more they kind of have you right where they want you. Um, Next article. This was pretty amazing. Russia has actually more occult healers than doctors. There are more occult healers in Russia than professional doctors, according to Russia Health Organization data. There are some 800,000 sorcerers and wizards in Russia. Uh, Andrei Yurovich from the Russian Academy of Sciences told RIA Novosity News Conference. Now, I'm sure I butchered that, but that's one of the main, main news outlets in Russia. Okay, This isn't like some fringe news outlet reporting this. It says, as for professional doctors, there are about 640,000 whereas there's about 800,000 sorcerers and witches, wizards, witches, whatever you want to call them, occult practitioners. Russian newspapers are full of ads for all manner of urban witches and wizards, and an internet search for, and they give the Russian name for it, but it's magical ser, uh, services, brings up a vast number of websites offering to satisfy every conceivable human desire occultically for a price. A survey carried out by Levita which is the independent polling agency, in August, discovered that one-fifth of Russians have made use of such services. That's probably more than that. There's just probably not everybody wants to admit to it, maybe. So 20% of the people there are openly engaging, according to the study, in in witchcraft. And it's probably much higher. Openly. I mean, it's just flat-out getting, you know... um, Although the authorities have recently moved to crack down on occult advertising, and analysts say the entire industry would simply move underground if it were outlawed, however, the law would still allow licensed healers to stay in business. Since 2008, the Federal Scientific Clinical Center for Traditional Methods of Diagnostics and Healing has been issuing permits to practitioners of what it calls traditional medicine, an extremely broad definition that includes both folk medicine and psychic healers. The late 1980s saw an explosion of the belief in the paranormal and the occult in the Soviet Union with psychic healers Anatoly Kashpirovsky and Alan Schumach drawing audiences of millions. And I give you the link to that story. Now I give you then a whole bunch of links to teachings I've done on the subject. Um, The main one where um, we have witchcraft being the essence of the coming one world religion. Okay, and um, I have I've got into this on many other occasions, that, that biblically that's very easy to prove. And um, we also have a, a, a teaching where it's called Witchcraft uh, Practices Exposed, Biblically Exposed, and Biblically Defined, what they are. So if you want to know about that, i give you all the links there, and then another one uh, called The Allure of New Age Witchcraft. So there's quite a few different links there if you want to know more about those particular subjects. Next article is regarding satanic sacrifices a million to go missing in 2010. This is by Richard Evans it's from December 13th actually 2009. Statistics on missing persons in the United States are difficult to find but are appalling. The following missing persons estimates are from Kyle F- Fleishman Foundation. 2,300 American people are reported missing on a daily basis in America. Now, why don't we think about this? I've said this before, and here's why. We'll only hear about the one little girl that was abducted, you know, in the next town over. And they'll make this big, huge, gigantic deal, which they should. am not saying they shouldn't do that. But you think, well, if they made that much big of a deal over one little girl missing they got to be doing that for everybody, and they're not. They don't do that for a lot of uh, runaways, uh, missing adults, homeless. They don't do that for really any of them. People that just all of a sudden, because, you know, maybe, well, maybe they just started a new life somewhere, or, or whatever. They're a runaway, or this or that. Well, that's their excuse, at least. But 2,300 people in America are reported missing on a daily basis. Human trafficking is a very real and huge problem activity worldwide. Among other uses, trafficked people are a pool of victims for selection of occult human sacrifices. Yeah, you heard me right. Well, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Noah's day, I mean, all manner of of wickedness was going. The Bible says that man's mind was only um, focused on evil continually. The giants were promulgating in those days. These hybrids, hybrid offspring from, from fallen angels and in, in human... I mean, you don't think that a lot of human sacrifice was taking place? Sure it was. Absolutely. Anything go? I mean, the more wicked a society becomes, the more you're going to see of this. But again, there's a total media blackout, just like what's going on in the Gulf right now. Total media blackout. So out of sight, out of mind. Couldn't it be happening? Well, it is. Mary Ann estimated tens of thousands of sacrifices routinely occur worldwide on dates on the occult calendar, which we're going to go over. Best advice to the public is to know where your pets and your children are at all times. It is an estimated that in 2010, over 1 million missing persons will be registered with law enforcement agencies. 814 and 9, 814,957 were registered in 2007. Now that was just 2007, over 800,000. I've seen the statistics. They're typically over 800,000 and they're growing a little bit every year. In 2007, only 15.8% of the missing persons cases registered were classified as, quote, located by the National Crime Information Center. 52% of active cases were juveniles. 11% were considered young adults. Now this is all from, this. these are all official Estimates from the Kyle Fleshman Foundation. Okay. Uh, 11% were considered young adults between the ages of 18 and 20. 55% of missing adults are men. 40% of them are white. Right. 30% are African American. And 20% are Latino. Only in October of 2001 were adults made inclusive of the National Missing Children's Organization National Clearinghouse Database for Missing People. This was called Kristen's Law. Kristen was, a, um, was also a Charlotte, North Carolina na- native. L- little legislation since Kristen's Law has been initiated by the government to address the growing problem of missing adults in our country. No new laws have been enacted, and little federal support has been given. Now, I give you, and they give you, the full rundown of the satanic occult calendar. okay. So you can see, this is how high-level occultists, or witches, or warlocks, or this is how they celebrate, this is how they practice their religion. Okay. Uh, I'll just give you some of these. I, I don't want to run down every single one, but I'll give you an idea. January 1st, New Year's Day. It's a Druid Festival feast day. Um, January 7th is called St. Weinbald's Day. The type of the type of um, of uh, activity that is involved in that particular day is a blood sacrifice. It's either animal or human sacrifice and dismemberment. Male is preferable if it's human. Uh, January seventeenth, it's called Satanic Revels. It's a sexual type of thing. Uh, the actual, I'm not hundred percent sure what they do on that day, but it has something to do between with a female between the age of seven and seventeen. January twentieth through twenty seventh. There's abduction and ceremonial preparation and holding of sacrificial victims for Candle Mass, which is on actually February 2nd, um, which in, culminates in human sacrifice. And in that one, they want to use a female or a child of any age. On January 29th, it's St. Agnes Eve, and it's, that's where they cast know the spells. And then we have February 2nd, which we just mentioned, Candle Mass, which is a Sabbat festival, which is involving blood, animal, and or human sacrifice. It's also known as satanic revels. And um, again, there's a, a sacrifice of a female between the age of 7 and 17. February 25th, St. walsburg's Day. It's a blood sacrifice, communion of blood and dismemberment. Now, I'm telling you, I'm not making this stuff up. This is the satanic calendar. And um, what they, um, this is how they... This is how they, they celebrate their... Um, their particular uh, religion. Uh, they have they have one for Easter, which is a, which is an occult holiday. It has nothing to do with um, what we would think it has to do from a Christian perspective. It's it's derived from the word Ishtar, the fertility goddess. That's why we have Easter, and that's why the bunnies represent it because they're the fastest procreating uh, mammal that there is. Bunnies, and then we have eggs, fertility. The whole nine yards, anyway. I've done a whole study on that. You can reference on ContendingForTruth.com. but the date varies because it changes every year. They have to determine they have to determine Ishtar or Easter off the date Stara. and um, if it was um, what they said it you know they said it would be you know with the crucifixion of Christ, it would be on a fixed date. It wouldn't alter and vary every year. I mean the, the, that Easter can vary from like almost almost a full month in time. So, again, if it was a fixed date, we wouldn't do that. Anyway, that would just be something just to think about there. But anyway, they do human sacrifice on Ishtar. Uh, they also do human sacrifice on Good Friday. Um, and, um, anyway, you could go on and on and on and on about this stuff. This is what they do. This is the world that we're moving into more and more and more and more. We just talked about the whole thing last week with the Burning Man. And how the Antichrist in the Bible says he's going to cause craft to prosper in his hand. He's going to be a practitioner, the most adept practitioner of high witchcraft that the world's probably ever seen. We're going to be able to call fire out of heaven. The false prophet and the Antichrist are going to deceive the whole world through lines, signs, and wonders, and miracles that are going to be based. It's not going to be some parlor trick, that's for sure. They're going to do it through witchcraft. So this is what we should be expecting to see, it shouldn't be like freaking us out or anything. This is what we should be expecting, because the Bible clearly predicts it's going to be this way. And a listener emailed me, he says, don't forget about how the Freemasons are also re- referred to as the craft. And there's the fellow craft, and there's the, there's all these uh, things with craft, uh, that word which actually means witchcraft, that... that I, Um, definitely is intimately related to the Freemasons as well. He brought up a good point. So I, I want to throw that in as well, because he's absolutely right about that. The article that goes along with this is entitled Children Sacrificed by the Illuminati. This is from a defector from the Illuminati, and she just refers to herself as Marianne. This is from December 12th of 2009. The Illuminati sacrificed children in rituals eight times per year. Mary Ann is an Illuminati defector who has been groomed for high political office. And um, I spoke to Mary Ann, this is Henry Macow, PhD, spoke to Mary Ann, he said last week, she said new and disturbing memories had surfaced. Uh, the reason that new and disturbing memories would have surfaced because through the process of mind control, uh, they shatter people's personalities through trauma-based mind control and they create p- compartments in the brain where the trauma is so horrific that the body will naturally wall off different compartments in the brain so that you have these memories compartmentalized so that they can't remember them and but um, over time sometimes these memories will actually start to leak out now the Lord Jesus Christ I believe can heal them from this okay he's the only one that I believe could really helped somebody that had this done to them. Uh, but she had these memories start to surface. And um, in preparation, I am summarizing my 2008 interview here for people who don't have 45 minutes to listen to her interview. And I give you the link to the interview if you want to hear that. Much of what she says in both interviews is simply outrageous. I can't vouch for any of it, but it is consistent with the testimony of other defectors. Svali, who have who's another one that that has some really heavy-duty stuff, Sue Ford and Kathy O'Brien. Now, I read Kathy O'Brien's book, and man alive, you talk about horrific, uh, unbelievable stuff. But, I'll be honest, it totally confirms my research. Now, you could say, oh, there's no truth in it. Well, come on, is there any depths, is there any end to the evil that Satan could perpetuate in the world? There, there's there's no... It's not, oh, well, Satan wouldn't go that far. Come on. I mean, it's like, he, you know... He, no. Anything that you could, you could possibly conceive of in your mind that is debauched or debased, Satan can probably take that so much further you couldn't even imagine. And if these people are being guided and possessed and serve Satan, you don't think he's going to have them do their bidding on, on an absolute level that you couldn't ever even possibly conceive? Of course he is. So... Again, uh, you know, I'm not saying that every, I would agree with every single little thing I'd ever read from any of these people that have come out of that, but um, I, it does confirm the research I've done. I've seen it confirmed too many times. The Illuminati count on people to be incredulous about these types of reports. That's their protection. The more egregious their crimes, the safer they are. Because people would say, oh no, come on. Are political figures going to be involved in this level of pedophilia or whatever they're involved with, human sacrifice? Come on, give me a break. Well, that's their protection. That's exactly what Satan wants, um, what he wants. Marianne sounds convincing to me. Why would anyone defy the most powerful people in the world? The first interview is available here, so you can decide for yourself, and there's a link there you can click on. And again, this would be the PDF associated with the teaching for um, 11-7-10, November 7th, 2010, for for ContendingForTruth.com. On September 31st, 2008, Marianne said that tens of thousands of children will be sacrificed that night, which is the vernal equinox in the Illuminati ceremony. It's very, very important, these equinoxes in order to appease Mother Gaia, or the stag god, or whatever god they're trying to appease on a particular given night. The children are bred for for that purpose, or they're kidnapped. They've actually got brood mothers that they will actually impregnate, and they'll have children totally off the books. Nobody even knows these children are born, and they're born purely to be sacrificed. That's what they're doing. Satanists believe they gain power from killing. They often rip out the heart, and they eat a piece of it preferably while it's still beating. At Easter, they kill adults. Okay, I'm just telling you, this confirms just about everything I have ever researched on this particular subject. They are that sick, yes. But, you know, you could say, well, you don't need to get into this. Why? So that we don't know about it, so we can never pray about it? I mean, don't you think those children would want us to pray for them? Or these human sacrifices would want... I mean, if if you were on the schedule to be sacrificed, wouldn't you want somebody praying for you? Well, I would think you would. There are also sexual rituals involving young children. They are believed to increase power and they create fear and solidarity in members. Why? Well, because Satan would always want to go after, vampirize, and and, and defile innocence. Because he's so sick. You know, what a wonderful day when he's rotting in the lake of fire for eternity. What a wonderful day when him and his devils and demons and fallen angels are rotting in the lake of fire for eternity, and that is their future. And I praise the Lord Jesus Christ for it. Because they're the ones that are behind these people that are doing this stuff. They're the ones guiding them to do this, because remember, our battle's not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the princes and the rulers of wickedness and these types of things. So we can get mad at the people all we want, but we have to look at who's behind them, who's pulling their strings. The Illuminati members live double lives. At night they engage in these satanic rituals. By day they are found in all walks of life. Medicine, education, psychology, therapy, banking, law, law enforcement, government, technology, military, charities, and religion. One of the, one of the highest, uh, best covers for somebody that's involved in high level satanism is a pastor. It's well known. Well, I mean, if you were Satan, wouldn't you want to try to pre-position as many troops as you had at the highest levels? I mean, you know, if you're at a church, you have a congregation, if you're a closet Satanist, who better to have in that particular position? I've seen many people that have come out of Satanism, and they say that over and over Say it over and over, or I'll have, you'll see people from like ex-witches, and they say the easiest churches that are to infiltrate are the Pentecostal churches, because you can go in there, and you can start praying in satanic tongues, and everybody's praying in their tongues, and nobody knows the difference, because they're not even praying in tongues biblically anyway. It's like jibber-jabber everywhere, everybody's praying in tongues at the same time, which is totally unbiblical. Okay, if you look at the, if you look at the biblical way that you're supposed to interpret tongues and and these types of things... Um, so I've heard that as well on more than one occasion. Anyway, these people are everywhere. The worst are in the news on a daily basis posing as leaders. They are the elite of the Freemasons. They are generational Satanists, which mean you have to be born into it. You just can't join. Their children are evaluated and trained. Uh, Mormons in the nation of Islam have parallel beliefs, she said. Well, I would argue that almost every major denominational religion whether it's christian quote christian or whether it's hinduism buddhism you name it people at the top of the food chain of these particular religions are most likely high level luciferian generational satanists they're prepositioned there and um, that's what we've got in the world right now um I believe Fritz Springmeier wrote a book on, on that. It's called Be Wise as Serpents. You can find that PDF document on the internet if you do a keyword search. Fritz Springmeier, uh, Be Wise as Serpents. You can't, you can't find any of his books other than Bloodlines of the Illuminati because the, the Illuminati destroyed them all. They destroyed all the copies uh, other than Bloodlines of the Illuminati because that one got too big. But his earlier books, you can't find them. Uh, and... um The Illuminati and their minions enjoy the certain knowledge that the spiritual realm not only exists and at all times interpenetrates our world. They also know how to manipulate elements of these spiritual dimensions to make things occur at a given place in time according to their wishes. Well, this is the whole reason for witchcraft. Because what they're trying to do is manipulate devils and demons to do their bidding. That's what witchcraft is all about, if you think about it. That's all witchcraft is. You're, You're invoking demons and devils Fallen angels, or whatever you're trying to do, in order to accomplish something you want—it's a self, totally self-centered religion. The world has been divided in ten regions. Different groups are in control of North America, and they are related to the crowns of Europe. Many Jews have a prominent role, but the Illuminati is not predominantly Jewish. Muslim, Christian, Mormon, Wicca, pagan, and New Age—they all play a role. See, this is what I keep saying. There's so many people, they want to blame everything on the Vatican, or they want to blame everything on the Illuminati, or they want to blame everything on um, just the elite, or whatever, okay, or the Jews, okay, they want, I don't go there. Okay, it's a big group effort. Yes, there may be one group that is higher than another in the hierarchy or in the satanic food chain. I'm not going to argue that. I think you have the Illuminati at the very top of the food chain with the Rothschild family being at the very, very tip-top, you know, as far as human type of thing would go. But I'm not going to blame it on any one particular group. It's a big satanic group effort here. And I think when you get focused in on one little thing, Okay, like the Seventh Day Advent is focused right on the it's only it's all about the Pope it's all about the Vatican. Let's just look at that one little thing. Then you're 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 excluding the big picture. I, I think we have to be careful about that. She said eighty to ninety percent of the House of Representatives and one hundred percent of the Senate belong to the Illuminati. Absolutely, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue that one bit. 80-90% to 90% of the House of Representatives and 100% of the Senate belong to the Illuminati. Well, I, I'm telling you, I've told you this in times past. They don't get there by accident. They don't get there by accident. <clears throat> Just like people in Hollywood don't get there by accident. Mary Ann said she was sexually abused by her own family from an early age. That's absolutely, totally common. That's what they do. From when they're babies. Babies. As soon as they're born, they're they're being sexually abused. In spite of this, or because of this, she was groomed to be a prominent political figure. She worked closely with many world leaders and was sexually abused by them. She was tortured, and when she refused and when she refused to carry out assassinations, evidently things start falling apart for her. All religions are infiltrated and controlled by the Illuminati. The Vatican is rotten at the top, it's rotten all the way through. The future Antichrist will be a pope she's saying, and all countries including Russia, China, and Iran are controlled by the Illuminati. Now it's interesting because Maitreya says that when he makes his big appearance at Grand Stage, and now the United Nations and the UN and the World Goodwill, they say the coming one world leader is going to be Maitreya. Now whether it's the Maitreya I've been reporting on, I'm not going to see her, it's got to be him. But somebody they're saying named Maitreya is going to be the guy that's going to be near the top of the food chain. Whether he points people to the Antichrist, I don't know. But when Maitreya comes, he says that he is going to come with Master Jesus, which is that Sananda Master Jesus that we all talk about here. Okay? And what they had said is that he is actually going to be the head of the Catholic Church. He is going to be, I don't know if you call him the next Pope or whatever. He is going to be the one in charge of uniting the Christian religions. Okay, That's what they say, not me. That's what they're expecting. That's what they say. Maitreya, Sananda, or Emmanuel, Master Jesus, whatever you want to call him, is going to be the one that comes and is going to assume the seat at Vatican at the Vatican, of the Pope. And he's going to be the one in charge of uniting all the Christian religions, and ultimately having all religions of the world come underneath the mantle of the Catholic Church, because I think it's the one that's most, probably most powerful and most well-prepared to assume that particular position. Okay, so again, there's going to be so much deception and lies and things like that going on in the future. I just wanted to kind of go, kind of touch on that a little bit. Uh, Let's see here. The Illuminati is behind the homosexual agenda and the sexual revolution. They foster anything that is in rebellion against the Christian God. The first responsibility of the government is to prevent a perverse criminal organization from taking control. Our governments have allowed a satanic secret society, the Illuminati, uh, which they call the Judeo Masonic Central Banking Cartel to usurp power. Most of our leaders are their appointees or dupes. Recently, a former pilot for corporate bigwigs wrote me and said, quote, At times, I would hear them talk about quote, the big bullies. Most said that they did as they were told by the big investors or the central bankers who really ran the show behind the scenes. That they, who were the CEOs, were just highly paid actors and messenger boys who read a script and made very few decisions themselves, which is kind of, CEOs, a political figure like Obama, they're just, they're just like messenger boys. They're just highly paid actors. They're puppets on a string. I'm not saying they're not evil, okay, but they're not really the ones calling the shots. And that's something that's important to understand. Our politicians are analogous. They are the CEOs of the corporations called countries, soon to be amalgamated into a world, world cartel and then i give you some other links here that you can click on if you want to explore that subject a little bit more. Next article is entitled, Fritz Springmeier Released from Prison. Uh, Henry Mankow has reported, I was elated to receive a letter today from my friend Fritz Springmeier informing me that he had been transferred to a halfway house in the Portland area. Now, Fritz Springmeier is the one that wrote uh, Bloodlines of the Illuminati, um, all kind of books on Mind Control Slave, the one that I had just mentioned on um, Be Wise as Serpent's, and um, he actually was put in prison, and now he's been transferred to a halfway house in the Portland area. I'm really surprised. I never thought he'd get that far. He is is there to find a job and accommodation, after which he will be released on probation for five years. Under the terms of his probation, he won't be able to do any political work, but he hopes to be able to teach people to, quote, make good decisions in the hard times ahead. He's able to work within a 100-mile radius of Portland, if you can help him find a job or just want to wish him well, he can be reached at, and I'm going to give you his email address, now, you can click on it here on the PDF, I'll give you F-A-S Springmeyer, F-A Springmeyer, F is in Frank, A is in Apple, Springmeyer, S-P-R-I-N-G-M-E-I-E-R at gmail.com. Fritz was imprisoned in February 2003 due to his research on the Illuminati and his work deprogramming victims of the Illuminati and mind control. His books, Bloodline of the Illuminati, uh, the Illuminati formula used to create an undetectable mind control slave, have helped thousands learn about the Illuminati control. He was like the first guy that was doing this. And they had to make an example of him. And uh, I'm, you know, I wrote him in prison. He wrote me back. I've got about eight or nine letters from handwritten, handwritten letters from Fritz Springmeyer uh, in my office in there, and uh, I'm telling you, he he only exemplified everything as a Christian uh, in all my correspondences with him. The guy, the 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 man, never was feeling sorry for himself. He was always, you know, praising the Lord. He got, you know, he got his face kicked in in prison. He got the. I mean, he just got beat up and he had, but yet he still continued Bible studies and, and you know, he was never, you know, God bless him. God bless him. And I do believe he was framed. And I know there's a lot of controversy about Fritz Springmeier. Okay. But if there was anyone, I could see them trying to create a lot of disinformation about Fritz Springmeier would be the guy I would pick where you'd want to do that. So anyway, I wanted to throw that in there. Um, I love you Fritz. And, um, hopefully, uh, Um, you know, the Lord bless you and and, and I I hope that um, uh, he uses you mightily in the days and times to come. Uh, Next article here is 100,000 rally in Gaza to wipe Israel out of existence. Tens of thousands of supporters of the militant Islamic Jihad movement rallied in the streets of Gaza on Friday, chanting death to America and death to Israel. And remember, this is the religion of peace. Young men and boys wearing white T-shirts with the slogan in the shape of a rifle carried portraits of militants killed in combat. Oh, they're martyrs. They died in Allah's service. Well, hey, why would they... I mean, they shouldn't feel sorry for them. They're with their, what, you know, 89 virgins and young, you know, prepubescent uh, white-skinned boys and stuff in paradise. Eww. Anyway, that's what they believe they're going. It's pretty sick stuff. Um... But anyway, they they carried uh, T-shirts with slogans in the shape of a rifle, carried portraits of militants killed in combat under the black flag of Islamic Jihad. Ramadan Shala, the group's exiled chief, currently residing in Damascus, sent a recorded message making the anniversary of the assassination of the group's leader in Malta in 1995 by presumed Israeli secret agents. Israel will not bring peace to any region. It will only bring war and destruction. And therefore, the slogan of all should be that Israel must be wiped out of existence, said Sha'ala, who is on the United States wanted list. So see, it's all Israel's fault. It's always Israel's fault. Everything. Okay. I'm not saying Israel's perfect. I'm not saying the Zionist Jews, who are not really Jews, but they are of the synagogue of Satan, as the Bible says, at the top of the Israeli food chain are good people. Okay, yes, they're purely saying it. yes, they're part of the new world order agenda. But let's have some biblical balance here. I mean, are we going to throw the baby out with the bathwater and condemn all of Israel like so many Christians do? God's done with the Jews. Okay, go to Revelation 7 and Revelation 14, and explain that one to me. Well, that's all symbolic. Those 12 tribes, they're they're, they're it's symbolic. That that that's um there's certain um Afro-American races that believe that applies to them, the Hebrew Black Hebrew Roots Movement. And then you've got the British-Israeli Movement that say that applies to them, probably. Well, it gives the 12, literal 12 bloodlines of the Jews, 12 tribes by name. Jewish male virgins, according to Revelation 7 and Revelation 14. And yet, they say it applies to them. Well, How's God done with the Jews, if that's the case? How's that possible? Anyway... Uh, uh, but please, don't even email. But if you want to argue about it, I, I, don't, I don't even want I've, I've argued about that so many times. It's like, you know, you're, you're wasting your, your breath. Anyway, uh, let's go further here. Uh, Israel will not be, bring peace to the region. It will only bring war and destruction. You, you, you know, like, they're one to, to make that statement. <laughs> Islam is one to make that statement. That, that Israel's only going to bring war and destruction. When that's all that Muslims are about. All they're about is death. And conversion either by you know either by force or you die. I mean that's that's what the Quran says. To slay and kill the infidel. Well who's an infidel? A non believer in Islam? That's what the Quran defines it as, not me. Senior leaders of the ruling Islamist group, Hamas, joined the open-air gathering, the largest for years in honor of Islamic Jihad, which means Islamic Holy War, with up to 100,000 attending, according to its organizers. Hamas allowed the group to use the city terrain. Uh, it usually reserves exclusively for its own rallies. The Hamas forces provided security for the parade by its small arrival. So in other words, this is like a little small arrival group to Hamas, but what they're really trying to do is all get on the same page. Islamic Jihad carried out a series of stabbing attacks in the 1980s against Israeli citizens who used to visit the Gaza Strip to purchase cheap goods and later turned to suicide bombings inside Israel. Oh, but that was okay because it was done for Allah, okay? Its militants continue to harass southern Israel with sporadic rocket and mortar fire from inside Gaza. They have fired over 10,000 rockets at Israel, and I mean, the last 10 years, and I think that, that if you would add it up, it would probably be double that, most likely. I don't say they can keep track of it all. But that's all okay. They can harass them and fire those rockets at Israel all day long, and they're a religion of peace, though. Frequently paying um, these people, frequently pay with their lives in swift retaliatory strikes by the Israeli Air Force. See, but when Israel retaliates over the missiles, they're demonized. Oh, they're the great, you know, they're this and they're that. Well, they're trying to protect themselves. Just like they would if they were being attacked. Islamic Jihad officials said Friday turnout was a referendum by the Palestinian people rejecting peacemaking with Israel. See, they don't want peace with Israel. I keep telling everybody this. This whole thing about the peace process is such a joke. They even say it's a joke. The only reason they're going along with this is to try to get as much land as they can so that they can get their rockets just a little bit closer so they can get a little bit better aim. That's the only reason they want more land. Because they want to wipe, they want to drive Israel into the sea, as Yasser Arafat said. They want to totally—the only solution for Islam is to totally wipe out the Jewish race, one hundred percent. Miserable bunch of devils. Can you imagine if that was like the crux of your religion—the destruction of another uh, sect of humanity? That's what you base your religion. That's what makes you happy. That's pretty morbid, dude. I mean, that's pretty bad. But that's what they're they're all about. Negotiations between the Palestinian Authority, President Mahad Abbas, and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu have faltered after Israel's 10-month freeze of settlement construction expired on September 26th. The choice of negotiation has reached deadlock, and we are wondering why there is such an insistence by the Palestinian Authority on negotiation with the enemy, said Shallah. In other words, they're negotiating with Israel, who they term as their enemy, he urged an end to peace talks and fresh efforts to heal the rift between Abbas Fatah movement and the Islamic uh, militants, raising hopes that the three year old split may be coming to an end. The Hamas leader said it was time for unity in the face of Israel. there was only one choice of jihad and nothing else. there's no more room to make bets on Americans or anyone else, so they're I mean at least they're coming out and they're they're uh you know showing their cards. I mean, which is, I guess, a good thing. At least at least we have a little more honesty going on there than we had before. Which I think is good, because every time Islam is exposed, at least hopefully some people will wake up to understand how evil this religion, uh, this death cult is. Here's another article. It's called um, New PA Libel, Palestinian Authority Libel. Israel Tortures Prisoners with Hot Irons and Electric Drills. Libelous drawings depicting fictitious Israeli torture are part of a new indoctrination in a Palestinian Authority television program for Palestinian for Palestinian prisoners in Israeli prisons and their families, purporting to show how Palestinian pre- prisoners are tortured by Israel. The drawings portray Israeli prison guards. Number one, burning into a prisoner's chest with a hot iron, a prisoner's chest with a hot iron. Two, drilling a hole through a prisoner's head. Three, burning into a prisoner's shoulder with a soldering, soldering iron. Four, whipping a prisoner while hanging him by his feet. Five, squeezing a prisoner's head in a medieval-looking head press. Six, chopping off prisoner's arms below the elbow. Seven, hanging a prisoner by his arms while chains pull from his chest and neck. Now, all of this stuff reminds me of what the Muslims do. And I've seen... Pictures of this that I haven't put in my PDFs because they're not—they're—they're they're so horrific. They're—they're they're not appropriate. That guy that—that that one guy that I reported on not too long ago. That guy they killed back in 2000. That helicopter guy. Uh, uh, oh my word! I mean, those pictures were so horrific. I mean, they chopped the guy's head off and they—they they put it on his back and his body was laying there and his head was on his back and they—they they did every manner of, of of evil thing to show off this trophy that they were... I mean, they're so sick. They're they're so demented and twisted and and just so... the, the, the hypocrisy that they're this religion of peace. It's just unbelievable. Now, this Islamic television show is broadcast twice a week and the program is called For You and is aimed at Palestinians imprisoned for terror offenses in Israeli prisons where they watch the program. Now, why Israel lets them watch this program, I have no idea. I I don't know, but they made this program for the prisoners in the prison in Israel. It includes footage from the prisoners' home villages and interviews with their family members who send them televised messages. PATV is controlled by the office of Chairman Mahoud Mahoud. It should be noted that no accusations about this kind of treatment have ever been made against Israel by the International Red Cross, by human rights groups, or by Palestinian prisoners themselves. It's just, they're making this stuff up, in other words, in order to demonize Israel even more. In a striking irony, in the same week that the Palestinian authorities started to disseminate these libelous drawings, and I've got all the pictures of the drawings here on the side of the PDF, you can see them. I mean, they're not... I don't think they're too graphic. They're, they're just showing supposed depictions of what's going on there. In striking irony, in the same week the, that they started to disseminate these libelous drawings on TV, an article in the official Palestinian Authority Daily indicated that the prisoners are very different. The prisons are very different than these libels portray. It stated that Palestinian prisoners are given educational opportunities, now these are people that have committed terror acts. And yet they're given educational opportunities. The Palestinian Authority daily celebrated how prisoners in occupation in Israeli prisons complete university studies, obtain MA and PhD degrees, and proudly cited that since 2000, more than 10,000 Palestinian prisoners have, attended matriculation, have attained matriculation certificates while still in occupation, occupied prisons. Doesn't sound like they're being treated too bad to me. Another testimony collaborating this fact that prisoners are well treated in Israeli prisons came from an, a, a Palestinian prisoner interviewed for the 4 You program the day he was released from prison. The PATV host was trying to have him express criticism of, of the prison conditions and repeatedly asked him about the prison. The prisoner kept answering that the prisoners were lacking nothing in the Israeli prisons. And I'm going to read you an excerpt from this interview. PA Host, were you in the Megiddo prison? How are the guys in the prison? Were you released from prison today? The prisoner, this was an Islamic prisoner in this prison for quite a while, he said, how are you today? He says, by Allah, the guys in the prison are fine. They lack nothing. They are doing fine. Then the, the television commentator says, do they lack nothing? Prisoner said, they really are doing fine. Now I'm quoting. The host says, they lack nothing, not even freedom. <laughs> He's trying to get them anything to demonize Israel. The prisoner says, no. He says, no, freedom, Allah willing, there will be freedom. The host says, how long were you in prison? He said, two years. You can see the complete interview. There's a link I give you here. And all kind of other links on this whole demonization of Israel. So, next article. Vatican is calling for an end to Israel's occupation of the Holy Land. No longer, they're no longer a chosen people, according to the Vatican. At a conference on the Christians in the Middle East, U.S. Melkite Archbishop says, quote, there is no longer a chosen people. Bishops from the Middle East who were summoned by Rome Summoned to Rome by the Pope, demanded on Saturday that Israel accept UN resolutions calling for an end to its occupation of the Arab lands. Now, this, I think, burns me up more than anything, because if you look at this tiny, minuscule piece of ground that Israel occupies in relation to the Arab lands... Okay, so, just to give you an idea here... uh, Israel is a Jewish nation one one-nineteenth the size of California and is one of the smallest nations on the face of the earth with only 8,000 square miles of land mass. Now, it might be smaller than that now because they keep giving up land. It is roughly two times the size of our smallest state, Rhode Island. Israel is 260 miles at its longest. 112, it has a 112-mile coastline and is 60 miles at its widest. And is anywhere between three and nine miles at its narrowest. The nation of Israel is surrounded by 22 hostile Arab Islamic dictatorships that are 640 times her size and 60 times her population. Arab propagandists call Israel expansionist. There is no truth to this statement as Israel occupies one-sixth of one percent of the land's called Arab, one-sixth of one percent. And they have no right to occupy this land, evidently, according now to the Vatican. And and uh, you better believe, according to all the Islamic people. I mean, all this garbage about all these poor Palestinians and all this ter- terrible, horrific thing, the Israeli, why are they even there? They have prepositioned themselves there to create and, and harass the Israelis and the nation of Israel as much as humanly possible. Satan has prepositioned them there for that very purpose. There are, there are 13 million Jews in the world, almost 5 million fewer than there were in 1939, and 300 million Arabs, and 1.4 billion Muslims. So I just wanted to give you that so you have a little bit of idea of, uh, of what we're dealing with here. So anyway, uh, the Vatican, this, this archbishop, has said that um, they, the, Israel has no right to be ocu- this, this occupation of Arab lands. In a final joint communique, the bishops also told Israel it shouldn't use the Bible to justify injustices against the Palestinians. I just read you from an interview from a PA, a Palestinian Authority prisoner, These guys are getting degrees? They say they lack nothing? Again... Once again, we've 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 shown that you know it's garbage. Now and again, I'm not saying that means I, I agree with you know every single thing that Israel does. And, and I'm like John Hagee, and I believe that they're you know the chosen people, and they don't even need to go, they don't need to go through Jesus Christ in order to get saved, and they're saved just by the blood that goes through their veins, which is called ethnic salvation, which is what Hagee teaches, and that we shouldn't even witness to them. The Bible says that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentile come in. Okay, So Israel, for the most part, since they said to Pontius Pilate, Give us Barabbas, let the blood of Jesus Christ be upon us and our children. They brought like it was literally like a corporate mass kind of curse on themselves. They've been blinded for a long time. I'm not saying there's no Jews that aren't saved, or or that all blues Jews are blinded, but Blindness in part has happened to the Jew or to Israel until the fullness of the Gentile come in. And I believe we're right on the cusp of the fullness of the Gentile coming in. And the emphasis going more back to the um, nation of Israel and the Jews once the tribulation particularly kicks in. And even in, if you look in the book of Zechariah at the end, it says it says that they're going to look upon the one whom they pierce, meaning Jesus Christ, and they're going to mourn for him as one that mourns for their only son, their only begotten son, they're going to finally get their eyes open, particularly near near the end of the tribulation, where they're going to understand that Jesus really was the true savior of humanity, and he was who he said he was, but they've been blinded to that fact for thousands of years, unfortunately. So anyway, I've done whole teachings on that particular subject, um... The bishops issued the statement at the close of their two-week meeting called by Pope Benedict to discuss the plight of Christians in the Middle East amid a major exodus of the faithful of the faithful from the region. The Catholic Church has long been a minority in the largely Muslim region, but its presence is shrinking further as a result of war, conflict, discrimination, and economic problems. I guess that's all the that's Israel's fault too, evidently. The whole they say, this was a quote by Monsignor, Cyril Salem Bustros. Uh, the Greek Melchi, or Archbishop, of Our Lady of Annunciation in Boston, Massachusetts, and the president of the Commission for the Message. He said at a Vatican press conference that, quote, the Holy Scriptures cannot be used to justify the return of Jews to Israel and the displacement of the Palestinians. Oh, what have, what have they done, This terrible, terrible Jews, to justify the occupation of Israel of Palestinian lands. Well, you know what? I don't know what Bible he's reading. It's probably his Catholic American Standard Perversion, which is what the Catholics use as their Bible, which was translated from the 1881 revised version that two high-level occultists named Wescon and Hort put together, which also spawned all the other modern translations, essentially. So it's no wonder. Well, what was that translated from? Two Catholic manuscripts, the Vaticanus and the Sinaiticus, which were corrupt to the core. In fact, they contradicted each other in so many places that they just said, well, when we translate this, we'll just, wherever the Vaticanus contradicts the Sinaiticus, we'll just use the Vaticanus. That was their that was their method of translation. So, sounds pretty sound to me. That's where we get our modern day versions, and that's where the American Standard Version comes from. So it's no wonder. But anyway, um, that's what this, the devil himself said there. Don't think I'm biased or anything. I don't want you to feel that way. Anyway, a little humor there. Um, Next article, Oklahoma bans Shahara Law. Nearly 70% of voters in the state cast ballots approving the measure to block judges from considering Islamic or international law when making a ruling. The proposition sponsor, Republican Rex Duncan, he's the guy that invented Dunkin' Donuts. No, just kidding, sorry. He told reporters Tuesday that the proposition is a, quote, preemptive strike against judges who he worries could be legislating from the bench or using international law, or Shahara law. Members of the Muslim community call the question an attack on Islam, and some of them said they are prepared to file a lawsuit challenging the measure. Well, they've already done that. Next article is that um, CARE um, sues to block the Oklahoma Shahara ban. CARE's real agenda revealed. And this is a quote from Omar Ah Ahmad, who is the CARE co-founder, he was quoted this on July 4th, 1998, in the San Ramon Valley Herald. He said, quote, this is the guy that started this Islamic devil organization, CARE. He said, Islam isn't in America to be equal with any other faith, but to become dominant. The Quran should be the highest authority in America. End of quote. I mean, you know, they're their own worst enemies, these Muslims. But but our media helps them because there's a total media blackout of the truth. But they themselves are their own worst enemies. I mean, oh, we're a religion of peace. Let's go kill 800 people over here. Oh, we, 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 we just want a dialogue. We just want this. We, we just want small concessions. And they're over here saying, you know, kill anybody who says anything against Allah. Behead those who, who do this or do that. And they do it. As the National Journal story reports below, the Oklahoma Chapter of CARE, which stands for the Council on American-Islamic Relations, has filed suit to block Im- implementation of the State Question 755, known as the Save Our State Amendment. Uh, 755 prohibits Oklahoma courts from using Shahara Law when judging cases. Well, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. The amendment was overwhelmingly approved by Oklahoma voters, garnering over 70, 70% support. Now, Act for America, which I believe is Brigitte Galeborough, who's the one that Sean Hannity interviews quite a bit. And that's not a lady you want to get in a debate with, let me tell you right now. <laughs> he has all these people from Islam, these guys that he brings on there, and she just chews them up and spits them out. I mean, every time. I mean, because the facts are on her side. And this is a woman that grew up as a little girl, I believe, in Lebanon, and lived through this garbage that they subject the women to. And she's not going to have it. Good for her. God bless her. You know, I pray to God her soul be saved. I, I mean, because she is on the side of righteousness when it comes to this particular issue. She, she nails it. She, she debates better than anybody I think I've ever seen when it comes to this issue she's amazing but anyway act for america which is i believe is her organization played a key role in educating the voters about sq755 including two weeks of statewide radio advertising 600,000 automated phone calls with a message recorded by former cia director james, w- james woolsley editorials and editor letters to the editor and radio interviews prior to the vote cares oklahoma director had issued s Q755 was unnecessary because there was no chance hair was coming to Oklahoma. They're just a bunch of stinking liars. Islam says in the Quran that you can lie, you can lie like a rug and order, is as long as you're advancing Allah's agenda, you can lie like a rug. Don't worry about it because Allah will forgive you or whatever. CARE's lawsuit now confirms that what CARE leaders have said in the past, that CARE's real agenda is the imposition, importation of Sharia Law to America. Consider Omar Ahmed's quote above. What is he actually saying? That Sharia Law should govern America. Consider the 1993 quote from Ibram Hooper, CARE's current communications director, who told the Minneapolis Star-Tribune, quote, I wouldn't want to create the impression that I wouldn't like the government of the United States to be Islamic sometime in the future. He doesn't want it. No, he wants that, in other words. What Hooper's saying is that Sharia law should govern America. Now, this is out of Texas. And unfortunately, we just reported on something good, but now we got to report on something bad. Uh, this is how 200 imams are taught how to run Sharia courts. The Assembly of Muslim Jurists in America, or AMGA, they had their seventh annual Imam workshop in Houston, Texas, which presents such topics as the issue of arbitration through the lens of Shahara, or the concept of arbitration in Shahara, uh, the judicial values of arbitration and arbiters, or the reading of the Assembly Treaties on Social Issues Regarding Shahara, the issue of arbitration through the lens of legality, and how to run an arbitrary council, plus much more. Um, this Publication notes that there are already in there are already Islamic courts in Texas. One of the very first posts here at what they call Creeping Shahara, which is a website, and they provide numerous examples how of AMGA's Shahara rulings. But here's one of the speakers of this particular event. A fatwa was issued on August 2007 by Secretary General of the Assembly of Muslim Jurists, Dr. Shika Al Salawi. He states that marriage between a Muslim woman and a non Muslim man is forbidden and invalid, and that children born of such a union are illegitimate. Now that's a Shehera, that's that's one way where they could rule on Shahara in the United States and have it binding legally. This garbage coming into this country. The Second Court of Appeals of the state of Texas has rendered a ruling on the enforceability of Shahara 's judgments rendered by imams. According to the Texas Appeals Court, it's all good. You've heard of the Texas Courts. Ladies and gentlemen, make, make way for the Texas Islamic Courts now. The parties will ask the courts to refer cases for arbitration to Texas Islamic Court within seven days from the establishment of the Texas Islamic Court panel of arbitrators. This is possible on the, under the American jurisdiction because private arbitration agreements are enforceable by government courts. I can't believe they're letting this go on in Texas. I mean, there's people down in Texas, there's a lot of people down there with some serious backbone, and I cannot believe that they're letting this go on without major protests. But it's going on, whereas Oklahoma is bowed up to this a lot more, it seems like, than Texas has. But again, they try to do a lot of this stuff under the radar so people aren't even aware of it as well. So, again, all these issues that we report on on a weekly basis, I don't just say this so we can wring our hands and get all mad, and these are things that that we can apply to prayer, fasting, so that now you know about it. So that now, as the Bible says, lest we be ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us. 2 Corinthians 2.11 We're not supposed to be ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us. Okay, so, that's why we report on these things. Now we know how to pray, uh, in direct prayer, fasting, these types of things. We know that we can educate other people about this so that they can do the same and we can arm ourselves with knowledge. And um, anyway, that's all we have for today. We'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us, for all your goodness and your mercy, Lord God, in heaven. I praise you, Lord God, that you've let us come together again and do another teaching. I do pray, God, that um, for your blessing upon you know wherever your word or your truth is being preached worldwide on this ministry Lord God on my on my listeners Lord The blood of Jesus Christ be over them, over the body of Christ, that your angels would encamp around about them, Lord God, that your protective hand would be upon them, that you would convict us to do and say whatever you've called us to do, that your name would be glorified through us in the body of Christ, that you would bless the widows and the orphans and the poor and the unborn babies and the babies and the children and the women, Lord God, those that cannot protect themselves and defend themselves, that you would fight against them, Lord God, that fight against the body of Christ, and that your name would be glorified through us, that you'd forgive us for any and all sins that we have committed in any way, shape, or form, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us, and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable and pleasing in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray all these things. Amen.